Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is October 2nd. Happy conference Saturday, everyone. I hope you are getting the most out of listening to the prophets and the apostles and our other church leaders speaking to us and teaching us the things that our Father in Heaven would have us hear. Today is the last day of this week's Come Follow Me block, and next week we're going to be studying sections 111 through 114. So I hope you'll join me next week for those sections, but let's finish up this week by finishing up Doctrine and Covenants section 110. Now, if you'll remember yesterday, we went a little bit out of order so that we could talk about the significance of Elijah coming to the temple on this specific day, April 3rd, 1836. But now let's go back a little bit and talk about the most incredible part of this visitation, which is the visitation from the Savior. Now, if you take a look in the section heading of section 110, you'll see that Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery were in the Kirtland Temple. They retired to the pulpit behind the veils, and they were in the act of prayer. And in the act of prayer, all of a sudden, this is what happens. It says, the veil was taken from our minds and the eyes of our understanding were opened. Now, I think that this is important to realize because as we've talked about before, So many of these revelations, so many of these great experiences in the restoration of the gospel happen simply because of this pattern. Joseph Smith goes and approaches the Lord in prayer. And that's exactly what happens here. He and Oliver Cowdery retire and have this experience as they are praying to our Father in heaven. Elder Hales once said, Brothers and sisters, can we see the pattern? Every major event of the restoration the first vision, the appearance of Moroni, and the coming forth of the Book of Mormon, the restoration of the priesthood, and the appearance of Jesus Christ following the dedication of his holy temple was preceded by prayer. Now, my friends, it's my belief that you and I in our lives can also draw nearer to the Savior and have special experiences with him through prayer. It's by prayer and through prayer that we approach our Father in heaven And it should be through that prayer that we receive direct communication and revelation back from our Father in heaven. But it's also my belief that we cannot continue to offer up casual and half-hearted prayers and expect to receive these close personal experiences with our Father in heaven. He is so patient with us in times when we rush through prayer, times when we don't approach him. Times when, honestly, maybe we go too long without getting on our knees to pray. He is so patient with us to still hear and answer our prayers. But could we be doing more? And by doing more, could we be receiving more, more revelation, more of a relationship, more closeness with our Father in heaven and with Jesus Christ? Elder Scott once said, prayer is a supernal gift of our Father in heaven to every soul. Think of it, the absolute supreme being, the most all-knowing, all-seeing, all-powerful personage, encourages you and me, as insignificant as we are, to converse with him as our Father. It matters not our circumstances. Be we humble or arrogant, poor or rich, free or enslaved, learned or ignorant, loved or forsaken, we can address him. We need no appointment, Our supplication can be brief, or it can occupy all the time needed. It can be an extended expression of love and gratitude, 
or an urgent plea for help. He has created numberless cosmos and populated them with worlds. Yet you and I can talk with him personally, and he will ever answer. I absolutely love this pattern that we get the opportunity to see here in the scriptures, that as we draw near to the Lord through prayer, that he will be able to reveal himself in ways to us, and we can draw near to him. Then going on, Joseph is going to give us this description of the Lord, which is absolutely amazing, because in the other visions that Joseph has had of Jesus Christ, we don't necessarily get a description. We're told that he defies all description. And here in section 110, we're given this description that he was standing on the pulpit, under his feet was a paved work of pure gold in the color of amber. Verse 3, his eyes were as a flame of fire. The hair of his head was white like the pure snow. His countenance shone above the brightness of the sun, and his voice was as the sound of the rushing great waters, even the voice of Jehovah. And then we get these words from the Savior. I am the first and the last. I am he who liveth. I am he who was slain. I am your advocate with the Father. I love those opposites that the Lord uses here. He's like, look, I'm he who lives. Look, see me. I am alive, but I am also the same that was slain. He teaches us of his glory and of his divinity with those words. And then he teaches us something that's so important to understand. He explains that he is our advocate with the Father. Now, I think that that phrasing is especially important. It doesn't say advocate against the Father. It says, I'm your advocate with him. Alma chapter 11, verse 43 teaches us that in that moment when we're face to face with the Lord again, that we will have a perfect recollection of all our guilt. And in that moment, I can imagine that if we haven't repented, it will be uncomfortable. We will not want to be there. We will want to run and be as far away from that moment as possible. But I love this idea of Christ being our advocate with the Father, because oftentimes I think that in that moment, we tend to think of the Savior kind of standing in between us and this big bad father and kind of protecting us from this judgment. When really what we learn about in the scriptures is that the judgment will come from ourselves. Our words will condemn us. Our acts will condemn us. Our thoughts will condemn us. And our perfect recollection of all our words and our acts and our thoughts in that moment will condemn us. We will want to run. We will want to hide. We will not want to be there. But I love this idea of Christ standing with the Father, advocating with us, pleading with us to stay, to use the atonement, to understand grace, to partake of mercy. Our Father in heaven who has done everything to bring us back to his presence in that moment, I think we'll be doing everything to keep us in his presence. But we're also taught in the scriptures that if we're unrepentant here, we will be unrepentant there. But I absolutely love this idea of Christ standing and advocating with the Father in our behalf. And then probably the most beautiful words are spoken. The Savior says, Behold, your sins are forgiven you. You are clean before me. Therefore, lift up your heads and rejoice. Elder Ballard once said, Several years ago, we sat together in the Kirtland Temple and tried to imagine what it would have been like 
for the Prophet Joseph and Oliver Cowdery to see in revealed truth the blazing throne of God whereon was seated the Father and the Son, or to see the Lord standing upon the breastwork of the pulpit and to hear him say, Your sins are forgiven you. You are clean before me. Therefore, lift up your heads and rejoice. Can you imagine, brothers and sisters, how Joseph and Oliver must have felt? Can you imagine what it must have been like in that moment to hear the Savior say to you, your sins are forgiven, you are clean, lift up your head and rejoice. My friends, I testify that it might not be in this exact way, but you and I can have these experiences often in our lives as we repent as we turn to the Savior, as we allow the atonement of Jesus Christ not just to magically get rid of our sins, but as we allow the Savior to take our sins upon him and to redeem us, to buy us back from our sins, we can have this same experience where we feel the Lord saying to us, your sins are forgiven and you are clean before me. That should be something that we strive for as often as possible in our lives. And when we feel that, we can then lift up our heads and rejoice. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen. 